This is the Nassiman Hockey Podcast with James Nichols and John Zella. Welcome back to the show. I'm John Zella, here always with James Nichols of the fourth period. That's me. How are you? <laughs> Better than you sound. <laughs> Better than, yeah. I, we're, all right, so full disclosure, if you didn't listen to uh, the show and, and do the watch along with us on YouTube with Hockey Podcast Network, um, that reminds me of a uh, an old, I forget which comedian, maybe it was Jim Brewer or something, whose name has not uh, aged well. In, uh, in, t- in 2021, he said that he met Jack Nicholson like in an elevator. And he, Jack Nicholson oh. said, he's like, you know, you look how I feel right now. <laughs> I, was, I, I think about going? that. Yeah, I think I, I thought you were about to say that. Um, so, yeah, full disclosure, we're coming off of a watch along with the Hockey Podcast Network. We just watched yeah. the entire game together. And and commenting on it for so we were we've been on the air for two and a half hours coming into this regretfully. Um, <laughs> oh man, much to our chagrin, we've watched the entire thing. I would have turned it off. Um, and I I've really not done that in my life uh, with this team, but I was lately has been very hard to watch an entire hockey game. Although they come back and this and that, it, it's some, most of the time has not been worth it. Yeah. Um, but before we get into the game we just watched together and get caught up with everything else going on. Um, and we did this on the broadcast, but I have some different names for you, um, Jay, to uh, kind of do a little 32 thoughts. Rattle them off style. Rattle them off style. G- give me 15 seconds on each of them because um, we have a little less time here than we do uh, on, the, on the live show. Um, so I'm just going to give you a name. Give me, give me a couple, uh, and it, you can include this last game. Um, so some recency bias there for sure. Sure. Um, Anthony Bavillier looked better tonight. Um, as far as engagement, lacked finish. Uh, a right. couple, a couple opportunities for him to convert what he started. Right, there were a couple plays on the four check where he forced a turnover. Uh, a couple plays in the back check where he forced a turnover Definitely. and and he one could have created it into a breakout didn't two uh could have created a, a, a turnover in the offensive end into a scoring opportunity didn't there was one play where he had a wide open net on a bad angle and shot the puck through the crease so he looked more engaged he lacked finish uh Dino chara uninterested slow old can i stop there you can stop there you let you let <laughs> me know i we can keep these as short as possible i just I just want to go through these That's, players. I think listen, this is a good exercise for us. Listen, I, I gave Chara a, a pretty hefty leash. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Plenty of plenty of excuses for the Islanders as a whole this year that contribute to also individual success. At this point now, most of the team is back and healthy. It sucks that they didn't have Barzell tonight against the Red Wings. It sucks that they're still missing Ryan Pollock. Zidane Chara is no longer a viable option on the blue line, and they need to do something about it. Yeah, not not a lot of defense there. No, um, no pun intended. Um, Kiefer Bellows. I tweeted this out earlier. I said for those of you who said Kiefer Bellows will not ever be and uh, is not currently an NHLer, he looks really good tonight. Actually, I said he looks great tonight. I'm not even going to front. He looked great tonight, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Yeah, he's the next coming of Connor McDavid," because he's not. But you know, he doesn't look like the player that everyone claims. That he was. He's a career AHLer. He doesn't belong in the NHL. No, he was keeping pace. He was making good plays. He was responsible in his own end. He was creating opportunities in the offensive zone. So I really liked what I saw from him. If he gets more minutes, this, is, this was his 11th game. 11th game. He's got one goal, four, uh, four assists, and 11 games. If he gets more minutes, if he gets more opportunities, I could see him becoming a regular on this team. And that's a that's only a great thing for the Islanders. If he's not scoring, give the kid a chance. He's, he hasn't seen a regular NHL season yet. He's technically, I, I don't think he's a rookie anymore, but he could be considered a rookie. So give the kid a shot. He looked really good tonight. Um, I said great, and I'll stick with it. He looked great tonight. And if he can play like that more often, the chances will come. The 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 scoring will come. You're getting a lot of pushback on Twitter with that. Um to the surprise of absolutely no one. I don't care. Um, no, that's also um, mostly mostly fair. It's, um, it, listen, everybody's frustrated. Everybody's angry. Everybody wants answers. Everybody wants moves. Everyone 
wants someone fired or someone traded. And that's going to be hysterical fans. It, it's just the truth. Fans will be hysterical. The big boys will take care of business. And if you're upset about that not happening yet, it's going it, to listen. That's fair. It didn't happen yet. You're upset about it. That's fair. On the other side of things, it's also fair to say this is a business. It takes two to tango, and you don't want to oversell your assets. Yeah, could, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, last one, and the lightning rod of all lightning rods, Josh Bailey. Uninterested. Um, he, he was missing for, for a majority of the game, and in those instances, he wasn't. He was not converting. He wasn't making smart plays. He wasn't making the right plays. At this point in his career, uh, look, is he, do you just sell him off because he's he's a terrible player? Maybe not. You know, maybe, maybe he's, uh, another team wants him, and if you can get something for him, great. I'm not sitting here advocating for him to be traded. I'm just advocating for him to be demoted. He shouldn't be on the first line. I don't. I don't think he was tonight. No, he when, was a Bavillier Nelson. Okay, so and that's that's the killer bees line that we've seen work for the past three seasons. They didn't really have that magic tonight. You know, Nelson's coming off an injury. He's trying to get his feet back under him. Bavillier's confidence is shaken. He had a good game, not a great game, and he's trying to figure out who he is still. And, and Josh Bailey, who's been mostly a ghost this season, didn't help that line as a whole. He probably needs to play with somebody more assertive, um, maybe like a JG Pajot. I don't think it's with Barzell. Who hey, listen, Barzell's assertive, but I don't think it, I don't think that's the answer for that line. So somebody like JG Pajot, who can literally do everything, and maybe a Kiefer Bellows who can score, and and you have Josh Bailey feeding a guy like him, maybe that works. But he needs yeah, to be the, you, he needs to be shot down the the depth chart. Yeah, Bellows seems to need. Um... And that, that was a good wrap up, by the way. That's uh, we're, we're gonna we can wrap up that that part of the segment there. I, I do really enjoy that, so we're gonna try to do that moving forward. I think Bellows needs to play with players a little more energy because he's the one that's a little more methodical. I don't know that playing with another methodical player is is the way to go. Seems like playing with Peugeot or Parise down the middle and Wallstrom works for him. He has somebody to pass the puck to uh, down the middle or over over to Wallstrom, and they seem to be connecting fairly well. Um, Wallstrom Bellow seems to be more one dimensional in so much as shooting the puck, where Wallstrom can at least has that vision, um, to, to pass it and kind of make those plays. So I don't, they're not exactly, they can complement each other, in other words. And they've kind sure. of been, and they've been doing that. Um, we're gonna, we'll try to keep this part of it short as well. Um, Red Wings game, big loss, big yeah. loss. And at a really tough time, uh, to set the stage here, um, some more COVID concerns, Barzell and protocols. Um, early on Tuesday, does not take the pregame skate into practice. Um, quick note on that is no Islanders player has needed less than 10 days in quarantine so far. Yeah. Save for Bavillier, who had a false positive. Yeah, so so Barzell will be staying in Detroit uh, per Andrew Gross. Um, so, And this is a really tough stretch to go without Barzell. We'll go into more about that in, in a little bit. Uh, some of the implications of the most recent loss. Um, before we do, quick, you know, we watched the games together. It, it's a little bit of a blur uh, just because we were on the broadcast and, and not necessarily taking notes the entire time as we maybe normally would. Um, quick synopsis. Uh, I, can, I can give my two points right afterwards. Go for it. Uh, it was a game in which the Islanders could not get settled. And what I mean by that was it was just constant, okay, turn the puck over in the defensive zone, or for, I'm sorry, force a turnover in the defensive zone, uh, skate the puck to the offensive zone, chip it in, lose a puck battle, and re repeat, rinse and recycle. There was no, I, I, I want to see the, the time on ice, um, I'm sorry, the, the, the puck possession time on, on, on ice, because it feels like it was 55 minutes. Detroit five minutes uh Islanders there was zero uh zero offensive cycling of the puck until the last two minutes where they pulled the goaltender and yet again Noah Dobson steps up shot from the point 
Andrews lead, uh, redirects it, and, and the puck goes in. I'm not sure where – I mean, listen, I get it. There was an extra skater on the ice, but why are we not trying that more? Why is Noah Thompson not ripping more shots from the blue line to, They're not to get setting scoring up. chances? They're not yeah. setting up. That's the answer. Yeah, and they, don't, they haven't really had that opportunity until they start putting out kind of um, – fuller lines like more capable lines altogether <clears throat> which may speak to a depth issue and um you know certainly without barzell in the lineup that's he, he's definitely noticeable in this particular game um but i i agree on the entire thing they looked uh sloppy a little uninterested a lot of bad little plays especially yeah. near the end of the game with you know bailey's puck and skates and this and that um you know bavillier you said you know he wasn't in good position um, I argued on the broadcast that he put himself in bad position. He didn't need to be behind the net and try to reach in front to score that goal only to miss it wide. He needed to put himself in better position um, to to score that goal. A lot of pucks right through the crease. Um, even Sorokin on that first goal, I don't think he was challenging enough there. And, you know, it got him right near the blocker. Um, I think he should have been out a little bit more. Some of that might might have been he didn't trust anyone to get to, I believe it was Bertuzzi in front. Um, to just to make sure that wasn't a backdoor play there. Um, so he was kind of playing for that, but then that kind of left uh, a little bit of extra room there. As, as as an athletic goalie, you know he's moving around a lot. Some holes open up here and there when 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 you do realize that someone a shot is coming towards the net. Yeah, that that's tough too. Um, Chara, another tough game. Yeah, can't seem to fumble. Can't seem to not fumble the puck. Um, whenever wherever he gets it on the ice, it looks uncomfortable out there. Um. And and if you know if you haven't been paying attention, um, imagine uh, pulling spaghetti out of a strainer and then trying to make <laughs> it play hockey. Um, it's not gonna great. It's not gonna be great. Um, it looks just like big wet noodles uh, trying to stick handle. Um, which, yeah, I, as far I, as I know, a, isn't a great attribute uh, for a defender. Good quote here by Trotz on Bavillier. I don't know if he's picked up anything, but I liked his desperation. I thought he was more noticeable tonight than he's been in quite some time. He has the he has to have an impact night in and night out. That's expected, which goes for a number of players on this team. Right. Some desperate play, some decent play, but nothing that's over the top and going to win you games. And that's just basically been the, the, the mantra of this season. Everybody's been OK, not great, not showing up in the big moments and then ultimately losing the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um it's not great right now. This is kind of the time where the honors needed to turn it around. This was kind of a big week for them with or without Barzell. Um so it's it's disappointing to lose to a team like this for the second time in the month who are ahead of you in the standings. Um when you had games in hand and this kind of eliminates that um that little bit of an opportunity there to, to kind of capitalize. So um it's difficult and it's good that Trot said that about Bavillier and and had some good comments that I'm seeing on Twitter um, as we kind of watch this in live time about the second line. Because going into this game on Sunday and Monday, a um, little bit of a cold shoulder from head coach Barry Trotz towards Bavillier. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So basically Trotz had said after uh, benching Anthony Bavillier that they, they didn't even talk about it. Um, he, said, he went on to say, I plan to talk about it you know, before we get to Detroit with him, uh, but we haven't spoken about it. And, you know, maybe, maybe not saying anything says enough. You know, you did see, like Trot said, more desperation out of him tonight. He was more noticeable than ever uh, this season. But again, a guy like Bavillier is expected to make an impact every single night. And when he's not, uh, look, nobody is right now, but, He's one of the guys. He's one of your top guys. He's supposed to be one of your top guys. We've been waiting. I think you said this on our on our live stream earlier. Year after year after year with the headlines. Is this the breakout season for Anthony Bavillier? Oh, yeah. Just Google Anthony Bavillier breakout season, and you'll see articles in the last three years. This is the year he needs to step up from everybody, from the blogs to the big sites to even the bigger sites. Everyone's saying it. I've said it. James has said it. The New York Times has said it. The New York Post has said it. Everyone's saying it. The Athletic. It's this is the sources? time. Yeah. And do I have sources? Google. Do you have sources? Just Can Google. Keep prov- prov- 
We need to stop that shit right away. <laughs> the everyone is just so like angry. And, you know, angry. Everyone's angry. And we, and we touched on this before. I'm not, when I say before, we're just talking about the live stream. I don't feel like saying that word over and over. We talked about it before that everyone just frustrated our uh, ability to like kind of move on uh, from the past has been really hard. It's only been three seasons um, and abbreviated campaigns and yada, yada, yada. We're not really that removed. Um, yes, they've come a long way, but they really need to keep earning our trust. And it's seasons like this and it's games like this in particular that if I was in a coma and woke up in, from 2016 to now, I would think it's the same team with different players. That they they never were good. This team, this is a very reminiscent of just a few years ago, right? Um, and not the good seasons, right? Like, so it's it's very frustrating. We're all kind of in this moment where we're jumping down each other's throats, calling people out, um, especially like on the you know on our side of things. It's 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 a little hard to swallow. We we're kind of all on the same side here. And uh, and if things were going better, I don't I don't think we're doing this. So, as I said, to begin the season, be nice to each other. That's pretty much it. Anyway, um, some big news kind of going into this game was Sorokin getting the lion's share of the starts kind of here on out. It seems uh, unless something drastic changes, he does get 37 saves tonight at a 39, um, I believe. Um, yep, 37 saves at 39, um, which is another good game. We mentioned before, uh, killer save percentage continues that. Uh, his goals against will help here too. Um, it's clearly not his fault, and it seems like uh, Sorokin's going to be the number one here. Uh, what did Trot say about that? Yeah, he said, you know, you, you might have to get used to the idea, or, or you should get used to the idea that for every three games Sorokin plays, Varlamov will get one. So um, it's looking less like a one A one B and more like a one and a two. So. Um, Listen, the passing of the torch was going to happen at some time. Maybe it's a little earlier than we all expected. But that, if anything, this season, that's good news. Sorokin is exactly what we thought he was going to be, more than we thought he was going to be. Already being spoken about as a, as a shoe-in for the All-Star game this year. Um, his save percentage, even though the Islanders give up too many goals, is still something like 925, which is pretty incredible for... You know what what the Islanders are doing this season. Um, there, that's something just to point out there because I was trying to look it up earlier. I think the team save percentage is under nine ten, which speaks right. to two things. How he's much, lifting it up? He's lifting it, could it up. Be way Var, worse. But Varlamov is is oof. Yeah, and even even Sorokin's bad games are re, like bringing it bringing it down quite a bit. So it's the difficult situation on you know for the Islanders to kind of have that. Um, what do you kind of going? Um, off of that a little bit, what does that mean for Varlamov? Um, we spoke a little bit about that during the broadcast. What do you think about that as far as, in, in terms of Varlamov, what do you think moving in, forward? As far as like what his save percentage looks like and stuff? Sorry, like just just him as I, I kind of fumbled over my words there. It's okay. Um, with Sorokin becoming the number one. Yeah. And, and playing better, Varlamov is not playing well. The team's not playing well. What position is Varlamov in at this point as far as the team is concerned and, and his yeah. place on this roster? I, I said this earlier, too. I think it's okay. I think Varlamov knew at some point this was going to happen. I think that's why Sorokin came over. I don't think he's upset about it. Him and, yeah, but that's supposed to be two years from now. Listen, it Varlamov still has years left on his contract. I wouldn't say two. I think it was, it was known that it was possible at least next season. It came a little earlier than expected. Next is it him, though? I, I'm sorry, we're jumping around and not no. answering the question. Let me, like, let me get there. So you said, is it him? It's not him. The team's playing bad in front of him. They're not doing him any favors. There is also a point where there are a couple. There have been a couple instances this season where he could have made a game-saving save, and he didn't do that either. So, listen, is it his fault? No. Is he helping? No. Now I'll say this. Past few seasons, uh, Varlamov has been injured here and there. He might do better with more rest. He could use it, um, stay healthy, have two viable goaltenders long term. On the other hand, uh, Ilya Sorokin has repeatedly said, I like a heavy workload. I like being busy, not just in the game, but game to game. I will I will stop 45 out of 50. Uh, I'm sorry, 
48 out of 50 shots. I'm good with that. I like that. I will play four games in a row. I'm good with that. I like that. So I think it works out for both of them. It's what a good situation mean? for both of them. Um, we both had kind of the, along the same thought lines uh, during the broadcast about what does it mean for Varlamov as far as a, as a trade ship. So they're definitely like it's on on a on a thirty thousand foot level. It seems obvious there are teams that could use somebody like Varlamov. But what are some of the issues with that for the Islanders? Um, on a number of different levels, I think there are, but. I wanted to get your thoughts on it first. Uh, right. So, you know, it, 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 right now, are we talking if we trade them right now or in the offseason? No. Like, again, people are saying, look, there are teams like Colorado that need a goaltender. They know Varlamov. Yeah. He has played really well. Um, I think some of the issues with that are he's not playing very well. So what kind of trade ship is that? You're just unloading a, a contract right. at that point and not look. It's not like you're unloading it and bringing somebody in. Yeah. I, I also, mean, listen. That could be true. I also think that, you know, people understand that he didn't just forget how to play in the net, you know. So one of the things is they look at Varlamov and they say, OK, he's been he's been coached by Pierre Greco and Mitch Korn the past few seasons. That is um, appealing in itself. So maybe maybe they want to take a shot at him. Maybe a change of scenery will do him good. I'm not sitting here vying for them to trade him, um, but if if they were that would be the mentality of other teams that's why he might be attractive but if you do trade him now from the islander standpoint right we we hope that Ilyas rogan doesn't get injured better yet we hope that Ilyas rogan doesn't catch this covid uh bug that's going around pretty heavily in the throughout the nhl right now well even back-to-back games like he can't play the rest of the season exactly because so you know who's who can even play like you need it's an expensive backup, right? But you, I don't, I don't see. There's no viable option in the system where the Islanders can trust them. If Arlamov's not playing well behind this team, and Sorokin has to stand on his head, you can't bring up somebody else just out of nowhere and throw him in there. They're not gonna right. If you're now, if you're just content on this season is kind of over, sure. I mean, if 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 Arlamov is truly an asset. Get what you can. Right. Um, you're throwing a lot in the Sorokin basket. You still need to address the goaltending in the offseason. At least Varlamov has two more years left on his contract. And even if his role diminished over time, it was a solid backup. The cap hopefully goes back up and it becomes less of a percentage of the cap. You can live with him being um, an expensive backup if they can both continue to play well. The issue is he's not. I wonder how much of an asset he really is as far as a trade ship is concerned. Is are the Avalanche desperate enough to get a goaltender? I'm not big on where they are, although I've watched a number of their games as of late. And I, God, I love the way that they play. It's so quick. Uh, watching McKinnon play is, is just so much fun. Um, but you wonder what kind of appetite they really have for that as far as giving up assets to make it happen. If if Varlamov was going to be moved in season, it would have happened actually two days ago. As you're, as you're hearing... This two days ago, due to the fact that Anton Kudobin went on waivers, the Islanders don't have a viable backup for Ilya Sorokin after Varlamov. Corey Schneider did not play the first nine games uh, of the season that he was with the Islanders until uh, Varlamov came back. So that's not going to happen. Um, so you know, if you if he was going to move, you would have saw Kudobin get claimed, be the backup to Sorokin. And Varlamov traded off, but that didn't happen. And there's not going to be another option like that. I don't see another goaltender like Anton Kudobin going unclaimed on waivers. Yeah, that's definitely it's it's definitely a good point. And I'm looking up. Um, yeah, he's got a um, only a year left after this. Um, he hasn't been playing particularly well this season. I don't know. Um, it's not. It's it's actually worse in through seven games. I think than Dallas hasn't been great either. They've been good, not great. Yeah, I mean, better than might have been. Might be. Uh, I think it's better than the Islanders at this point. Um, yeah, considerably better than um, than the Islanders at at this point. At least they're above five hundred, playing playing really well at home, actually. And in their in their last ten, they're seven three and zero. Although they've lost the last three games. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough. And like 
like you said, if it was going to happen, maybe it already did. And and who knows to where the season goes at this point? It's like, all right, it doesn't matter. You give um, Skarik some time behind Sorokin. Um, if the season doesn't matter, at least you get him, you know, get him some time. Maybe you see what you really like out of him. Um, I don't know that the Islanders are quite at that point. Um, part of me is with you, as you've mentioned a couple times before, where they're they're just twenty games into the season. Um, my my perspective is a little, you know, on the more pessimistic side. There, there are twenty games in the season. I think what we're seeing is what we're getting. Um, your point where teams have turned it around in less time is definitely there. Um, this team definitely has potential. I don't really know when, when or if they'll actually hit it. It seems like COVID is is just going to be. Um, a part of our lives, as as Trot said in, in his post game after this Red Wings game, um, so it, the Islanders might not ever have their full roster together this season. They, they it might just it's it true. might just be whether it was Varlamov or this thing or that thing. Yep. They, it might just be one of those seasons where it's at, completely out of their control. Now, there's a, the saving grace here is if they can keep their head above water in these in some of these games that they have in hand on the rest of the um, the division and the conference, and they can recover during the Olympic break, whether that means that the players are going to the Olympics or not, which is remaining a problem, um, yeah, and we'll end see. up in the air. Um, if the Islanders can do that, they kind of can come out of that break um, and, and make a real run at it. Yeah. Um, there is an opportunity there. I think that's really late. You hope that uh, I don't remember exactly when the trade deadline is, but if they don't go to the Olympics, um, but there's still a break there, there's at least the All Star break. You wonder if the trade deadline moves up a little bit. Who knows? Um, but they that were that would require that you got that it. would yeah right geez um, we've definitely <laughs> been speaking for uh, for a few minutes here that would require them to keep their head above water yeah and I don't. At this point, as a result of even just tonight, um, and then looking ahead to Thursday, it's not looking good. Like I think that's kind of the problem. So yeah. the outlook and the expectations are kind of uh, dwindling here, and that's that's just really tough. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm not really sure what else there is to say particularly about that. Um, we're gonna step out for a brief second and catch our breath here. Uh, We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is also brought to you by Manscaped. Ho, 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 ladies and gentlemen. The holidays came early here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself, or someone who needs it, the gift of beautiful hair, skin, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use code NHP20 for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to leave your significant other some cookies and milk at the bottom of your chimney. I'm talking about the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary, advanced skin-safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. It's like a gift to your partner with less mess. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, and toner. 
it's time to keep your North Pole feeling and smelling fresh. Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with code NHP20 at manscaped.com. Every guy out there needs to add Manscaped to their wish list this season. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with code NHP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code NHP20. Make Santa proud and shop Manscaped this God, those ads keep getting better and better every every every, time. every week. The uh, the cookies and milk under the North Pole thing is just <laughs> just gold, just gold. Um, so I want to just throw this out there, just because I, it's something that I I saw during our break here. Um, the Nets beat who do they who do they play tonight? I just lost. Uh, They just played the, the Raptors. They won a 131 to 129. Real high scoring game. They were down seven players from their normal lineup because of COVID. Wow. Sound familiar? Yeah, it does. So it's it's not impossible for, for the team to kind of get through it. Um just this team couldn't. Um, <laughs> and how many forty five year olds are on the Nets? Yeah, well, that's a different problem. They're yeah, they chose this life. I think that that's kind of, that's it, right? Like, what else? What else can you say? The, the issue is that the COVID cons, COVID concerns are kind of rampant right now. Uh, yeah, Calgary got that, across shut down, all leagues, across all leagues, but in the NHL in, in particular, um, some more postponements, really raising some eyebrows as far as the Islanders were concerned because they the, the league just waited so long to shut the team down. It just put them in a really bad position, and then they didn't have the time to recover. So it wasn't just bad enough that more and more players got it. Um, they played the team played through it, and then you know you're having players try to work their way back into the lineup. Um, say for for Nelson and and Pulak, obviously that were out for for injuries. It just made it their their battle. And then again, Barzell also being you know kind of falling victim to that. Um, hopefully he can recover quickly and fully so that he's kind of back in the lineup without any issues because um, the team goes as he does um, as much as we want to think it is by committee. And I, I know I even said that on the broadcast, it's really hard to, to watch this team without him. It looks very dull. It's not very fun. Um, even less fun than normal when they're yeah. losing. Um, at least there's bright spots. So I just like, there was just kind of not a whole lot in this game and, I think the, the the tweets going on right now are all about this team not being able to score. Um, Andrew Gross said there is a force field in the crease, apparently uh, not allowing the Islanders to score, and it sure sure as hell feels like it. We mentioned Bavillier kind of having that wide open net, a lot of opportunities, a lot of three on ones in this game. Uh, what are your thoughts on like what what do the Islanders need to do? Is it is it simple fixes? Is it small things? Which I think Trotz would kind of. Um, throw our way if we asked him that question what do you think what what is what's ailing the team like is it a big problem is it small things um combination what's going on it's it's a combination and i guess the best way to at least start you know you got you got to start somewhere and and it, it should be the the little fixes that hopefully you you hope turn into big fixes uh, meaning, you know, just win a puck battle, you know, chip the puck into the offensive zone, win a puck battle, settle that puck and rotate it. You know, you'd be surprised how one regular rotation could just throw a defender off. Someone on the other side of the ice could make a mistake for once and you find a lane and you score. But that didn't happen uh, once. And that was when they had an extra player on the ice at the end of the game and they finally scored. But you see what happens when you rotate the puck. Again, I get it. Extra player at the end of the ice. But, you know, it, it, these things happen. Was so, it a big... All right, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. That, that, no, I was saying, was there a huge difference between this game and the game of the Devils that you saw? Granted, yes. the Devils had their own problems. Yes. I mean, look, the, the Devils did have COVID. their own problems, but they were skating the puck. The Islanders were skating the puck with confidence. Chris passes, quick decision-making, winning puck battles. They looked a lot more... Like t- the team that we know, curating that defense, turning it into offense. That did not happen this game. 
is it you know i i think to players like anthony bavillier who when they're going um it seems like the team is doing well but even like sezikis he was pretty invisible this game um granted we couldn't hear his name so we can't say that uh we didn't hear him because we had our volume off because we were we were speaking to each other but i didn't i didn't really notice him out there nelson either um i did notice peugeot a bunch during this game but i think it's the players like sezikis bavillier barzell when he's in the lineup there's a couple of players that when they play with energy you really notice them out there they're you know, less Barzell, but even Bavillier throws his body around. Obviously, Sezikis is out there doing that. I didn't really notice the third, the fourth line out there at all. I would say I saw them, but I, there was nothing noticeable. There wasn't a lot of energy. And I think when I think about this team, and we talked about this for a long time, about when, when this team in its current iteration, players, coaches, management kind of aside, but like, the team's identity was forged. Um, you could really argue back in 2013, and it was that tenacity, it was that energy that made this team different, right? They really needed somebody to come in like Trotz and hone it, and Lou to kind of stabilize things, um, and then an arena and so on and so forth. But the on the ice product, it really was just that tenacity and that energy yeah. that that separated them from other teams, especially when they got to the playoffs. That 2013 series. They really scared the shit out of the Penguins. Yeah. Um, the last two seasons against the the Lightning, that was really the same thing. Now it's deeper into the playoffs. It's way more meaningful, right? But it's still along the same lines. And that's what I feel is the major piece missing with this team yeah. at the moment, right? It's, yeah, the scoring chances and the, and the little things and fucking up a three-on-one and blind passes across the other team's blue line. And not being able to wrangle pucks in your own end and fumble fucking your way behind your own net, whatever thing, right? <laughs> but it's even like it's not like they're messing up because like wow, their feet are way too quick for their hands, or vice versa. Um, or they're overplaying like it's they're just dead. It seems like there's no heartbeat on this offense and on this team. There's no bite to their game where there used to be a lot. Um the identity of the team is not there. Yeah. That's probably what that was probably the shorter way for me to say that. The thing that made this team a thing, um, not just the identity line, but including that, is no longer there. This team no longer knows who it is. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's so tough, man. It, it really is because you know, you wanna you want to think they didn't forget who they are, right? They know how to do this. It's not like they just forgot how to do it from last season. I don't want to say they don't know how to do it. I want to say that they're missing a few key pieces to be able to do it. And 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 maybe that's it. You know, other other issues come to play where, you know, they lose guys to COVID protocol and they lose guys to injury. But, you know, you like to say all the time, you can't be down one or two guys and the, and the whole machine doesn't work. And that's true. You know, it, it's it's tough to play that way. So they're, they're missing some key pieces to, to their lineup. Now, maybe that means that they need to give other key pieces uh, or, or could be key pieces more opportunity. Um, I look at a guy like we spoke about before in Kiefer Bellows who had a good game. His Corsi 4% was at a 61-11, which is one one of the better skaters on the Islanders this this game. He looked really good. Maybe give him more minutes. Instead, he had the least amount of minutes tonight with 9 minutes and 11 seconds, 20, 28 seconds. I get it. He's one of the younger guys, but if Josh Bailey's not doing it, then why not? Try it out. See what happens. So... You know, it, it was good to see at least, you know, Wallstrom got more minutes. He played 15 minutes tonight, and, and that's good because he definitely deserved it, especially after last game. He played real well, and even Trotz was like, yeah, he's forcing my hand a little bit. You know, 65% Corsi 4 uh, tonight. Another guy who, you know, 15-minute game, 68% Corsi 4, Robin Salo looked pretty good tonight. He did. I liked his... Uh... He didn't. I didn't see him skate all that well. Not, not, not to say that I saw him skate poorly, but he moved the puck well. 
Right. It was nice to see an uh, an Islander in in number uh, uniform number two, um, find the way to get the puck out of the zone. Something right. uh, you know, guys are playing Nick Letty is a nice nice sign. Right. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of fans and a lot of you know, like we saw with Kevin Kerr's, um, other teams think this team is a little old and a little slow. Well, maybe it's time for an injection of youth and. You know, Noah Dobson's taking that opportunity and running with it. He played 18 minutes tonight. Um, I think the only player that played more than him looks to be Adam Pellick. So that's good to see. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom got the extra time tonight that he deserved. Hopefully he gets more and, and that continues. Um, but, you know, a guy, a guy like Kiefer Bellows, a guy like Robin Sallow, give them the chance. You know, yeah. for the longest time, Everybody said Kiefer Bello is not going to be an NHLer. He 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 just doesn't have it. Well, maybe he just didn't have the chance. And maybe now he he if he's going to get it, he's starting to. If they're going to give it to him, give it to him. Do you think it's time to kind of do that and and retool from within? Or yeah, you, know, you kind of shared with me a little bit of what you were talking about with uh, Dave Pagnota from the fourth period. Mm. Um, do you? What do you what do you think based on on your conversation with him? Do they try to does does this move the needle for them? Did they try to make some moves, um, or is there really not any hope for that? No one's going to do him any favors, you know. So it's it's not like it's going to come cheap. And given the situation league wide right now, where everybody's losing players due to the COVID protocols, uh, who's who's moving players right now? You know, so. It might be too complicated to do at this moment. And if it doesn't happen sooner rather than later, then, yeah, you might have to retool from within. That that might mean they lose out the rest of the season, but you 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 trot Bellows and Walsham out on the first line with Barzell. You give them that experience. Yeah, I wonder what that looks like in like not being so intentional uh, or at least outwardly intentional about what's happening with your team. Like, you still do want your top players to be playing with your top players. You don't just start line blending or maybe you do like, I, I don't really know where that line is as far as the lineup is concerned in who do you try with who? Cause then you, you make it really obvious. It, the team isn't going to perform well, yeah. right? Like you're, you're not going to, it's not going to feel good to Barzell and Lee having Bellows play with him on a regular basis, kind of knowing where the season's at. Um, I suppose it didn't really it doesn't really matter who they're playing with at that point if, if the, it doesn't feel like that they can make the playoffs. Yeah. And at this point, it seems like it's a mountain a little too uh, from, from where I sit anyway. Um, considering Barzell's out for the next little bit, um, considering they lost again tonight, um, that loss to Nashville is a gut punch. Um, the game before the New Jersey Devils that falls within kind of the week between uh, the shows here, it's not looking good. They've shown glimpses of kind of that they remember who they are, but as we just said, we're, they're they're kind of losing that a little bit, and they don't really have. Um, they're not showing that they have the ability to get out of it. So I don't, I really don't know what it looks like. I question whether to give up assets to kind of do anything at at, at this point in the season. Is it too late? Is it too early? Um. Drager from TSN said, yeah, Lou's always on the phones. I don't really know what that means. Um, it's tough to say. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not really sure where I stand on that. Uh, what, what do you think? I know we kind of talked about it on the broadcast, but we can reiterate a little bit. As far as younger guys getting time? About like, all right, so I mean, there's kind of two ways you can do it. Younger players getting time, and it is what it is, and players walk at the end of the season, we kind of figure out in the offseason, or do you try to salvage something here? Because when push comes to shove, even when Barzal comes back, who are you sitting for Bellows? I think Parise stays in the lineup. Now that um, Nelson is back, I think that goes back to normal. I think they try to get the entire forward group back together um, before they start trying to get out Bellows with um, with anybody else in that lineup. Right? I, I don't. I don't think he's done anything more necessarily or offers more in the lineup than, than Parise. So that's kind of tough. Uh, certainly not more, like, unless you're going to sit Bailey, which, you know, based on Trotz's comments and in, in the uh, media availability after the Detroit game, 
it doesn't seem like that's very likely to say that, oh, you know, I put this line back together. I'm expecting them to do more in the future. That doesn't scream Bailey's sitting for Bellows once Barzal comes back. Now, granted, that's going to be that's 10 games, 10 days and five games from now. Um, So maybe it's just until then. But look, even if even if they're not going to bench these guys, give them less minutes, give the kids more minutes, you know, put Bellows, Wallstrom and and. Uh, Noah Dobson in, in, in the, yeah. the the top echelon of of minutes every game, and, and you put, can't at least put Bellows on the power play where where Bailey right. would be. Right. Give him a shot, like because you have you have if you're gonna lose the game anyway, you know, or not even because I don't want to put him in, the, in these positions where it doesn't matter. Um, I want them to be in pressure situations. This is supposed to be a team that knows this already. Yeah, look, look. So I want them to I want them to play meaningful minutes um on the power play or late in a game or whatever. I don't want them to play just bullshit. Oh, we're down 5-1. Yeah, throw no. bells on the power play now. Right. It's important. That's why I'm saying, you know, you're not going to make a move right now unless you're feeding another team a desperation offer, right? No one's and helping. That chances you. are or at least in my opinion, that's going to be for a defenseman before a forward. Agreed. That was my that was my opinion in the offseason. It just never Agreed. fucking happened. So no one's going to help you out right now. <laughs> Arizona's done you enough favors. Everybody Number has. two, you know, if if you're not going to be able to retool from outside, you got to retool from within, and that looks like putting the younger guys in the in the the top echelon of minutes, putting the older guys in the bottom echelon of minutes, just because. Of the pure fact that you look at Parise, Bailey, and, and Paul Mary, of for the whole season they they combine three goals, three players, three goals, one one apiece. And look, that's such a tough look. It, it it's very you tough. Put your and your faith I, in these vets, like something. Right. And something. I and I was banging on the Parise drum. He's working real hard. Uh, you know, that's not his dam, role. The but... dam's got a break. You know, he's he's play the 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 analytics look real good. Look it. It was true, and I said to you before. I think if there was an uh, an advanced analytic for finish, it would be called goals, and they, they don't have that right now. They don't have that at all. So look, the, it's not happening. Advanced, and look, and just because we, we the the two of us are not advanced analytics um, gurus, we are going to bring on somebody in the next few weeks to help us walk through this because it is a concern, right? Yeah. There's you know we say lucky to be good and all that kind of crap, but. I think there's a certain point where the team is just not playing well. I said this on the broadcast. I was very unapologetically uh, angry at this team during the broadcast, and I'll bring a little bit of that here. Um, the team just sucks right now. Yeah, Bavillier is playing like shit. You don't have to. We don't even have to talk about Chara. Um, Palmieri was unnoticeable in this game. Nelson's working his way back from injury, but he was invisible. Um, Bailey's obviously playing like shit. Um, Pedro had some chances and again I don't know that it's his role necessarily although he has had you know when he is scoring goals it is a huge help on this team um, especially when the rest of the team just you know isn't scoring so I, I, I'm I'm aggravated at just watching them play like shit because it's not tonight wasn't unlucky it was poor positioning it was bad decisions and that's where that's different than the analytics right the ex- things like expected goals is because of high danger chances and shots for um, all that kind of stuff. The issue is that when you keep missing the net, something else we had to mention throughout the game tonight, you're just missing the net. Yeah, That's not anything. That's not luck. That's not anything. That's you suck. <laughs> Eventually, that just is what it is. You can't. There's, there's no other way to put it. And that's where it gets frustrating. You can look at the end, and that I think that's part of the divide, right? The eye test is telling me they suck. Yeah, eventually it'll go in, but like eventually when? Next season? Right. You can go an entire season, up, and players do this all the time, and they look at this in the analytics. Yep, hit an entire year of down shooting percentage. The next year he bounces back. The issue is players like Palmieri have been on a downward trajectory of shooting percentage. Yeah, he showed it in the playoffs. We all thought he could continue that. On this team, we all thought that, right? Everybody, <laughs> I think, had one that of the... thought. So the the thing is, when you look yeah. at a player like Bavillier right now, it's not unlucky. I want us to erase that from our vocabulary. He's playing like shit, and he sucks right now. 
doesn't mean he sucks as he's not a bad player. He sucks right now. He as a player yeah. is not playing well. That side of the net bullshit, these passes, that's not bad luck. That's playing like dog shit. I think I think one of the things that we could agree on too is that like you said, we all thought that this 100%, was gonna work. Hundred percent. I can go back to when the Parise deal happened and the Palmieri deals happened. Everybody was like, Yes, this is great, this is great. How quick we forget how excited we were. Even for Chara, everybody was beaming. Beaming. Well, the storyline and the narrative I get it. around it uh, doesn't matter. Overtook the fact that maybe he wasn't that great last season, but you also didn't think for a second that he'd be in the lineup every single night. I certainly did not. And I know we have proof on yeah. this show. I can't speak for everybody else, but I was like, "There's no way he's in the lineup every night." Yeah, I had a bad boy feeling it was, was going to be that way. Boy was yes, you definitely did say that. Boy was I mistaken. Um, and the confusion continues. Look. I don't think Trotz needs to get fired. That doesn't mean I can't question what he's doing yeah, or what he's not doing fine. for that matter. He and, doesn't and have again, a lot of options at his disposal, but like, isn't again, Ajo still around? He's you, around. You don't need to play him. You don't need to sorry, sorry, you don't need to play Char. You need to play Ajo. Right. The The thing is here, and, I, and I, again, I, I keep saying this, but it, it's true. Look, you're right. You can question him. Doesn't mean he has to get fired. The thing is, he's going through his motions right now. He's trying to figure this out. This is new to him. It's only 20, 24 games into the season, and he he's never been on a losing uh, drought the way he's been now. He, it's new. He's trying to figure it out. He's had yeah, three years. hope that he knows a little get bit. It's frustrating right now. I get it's frustrating as hell. I do. It's frustrating for me as a as a, 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 a journalist to watch and have to write about this crap. Yeah, but it's it's it is what it is right now. It doesn't mean he has to get fired. Yes, yet you have to give him a chance to figure it out. Right. I think there needs to be a balance too. Of you know, we can harp on the guy. It's it's it is really hard because there's he wasn't around before. You can't project our feelings from years and years of just like neglect and shit from the Islanders onto him. However, we can't help that. Like here, <laughs> here we are. As we can't, but we can, we shouldn't, <laughs> but we will. There it is. You know, it's, it is, it's really hard. I mean, and Lou falls in this too. Yes. They've done a lot of good, but like they haven't really built up that. Like I'm not satisfied if the Islanders just don't make the playoffs in the next five years. I'm not going to be like, well, that one time they made it to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Final, like uh, within one goal. I'm not just gonna live on that forever. Remember? I remember. No, I'm not gonna do that. It's not like you know because we can. We could have you know how long? Oh Jesus Christ! How long did we talk about the Bates goal? That was like the only fucking thing, or the Wade Dubowitz poke check. That was like all we had for fucking twenty years. You can't do that shit. We, we're not just gonna sit there. And and just so that everybody knows, being within one goal um, of a Stanley Cup and losing it on a shorthanded goal in a, in a bad game isn't fucking good. That's like saying, oh, well, in 2015, we were within one game of the second round. Yeah, you got your asses kicked in game seven. You didn't even show up against the Capitals. That, I had to turn that game off. It was so bad, so bad. Look, you, you don't have a long rope with Islander fans. You really fucking don't. You need to figure it out. Yeah. You don't Listen, have that much goodwill. Like, again, sitting there going, well, we lost on a shorthanded goal in game seven is not the thing you want us to remember. It was good when there was momentum and something positive going on with the team. When you're playing like shit, now we can go, well, it is the team that lost on a shorthanded goal in game seven, right? We remember that. That all of a sudden turns into a negative. Real now, fucking easy. Now listen. Somebody I, just did be, James, I just did a James Nichols rant. You you did, and that's fine. It's okay. There's a lot of feelings. You are feeling angry, and I feeling understand. Feeling my angry Islander fisherman feelings. That's okay. There is another side to this, however. And there is the side to this where the fans can scream and cry and shout all they want. And put up a billboard. They could do whatever they want. 
It doesn't. <laughs> Which is seriously the greatest thing ever. It, yeah. It doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day. I think that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part the, to deal with. At the end of the day, this is a business. This is, an, this is a fully operational organization who doesn't give two shits about what John, not you, J-O-H-N, John R-2793 NYI fan. Four six nine five doesn't care about that guy on Twitter. Sixty nine four twenty, <laughs> right? Doesn't give a shit about that guy. Hashtag nice. They, they don't. They're an operation. They have their own way of business, their own way of doing things. There's a reason why they don't go on Twitter and say, "What does this guy think we should do?" Oh, trade for Johnny Gaudreau and sell everything. Got it. Doing it tomorrow. Are you happy now? There's a reason why these things don't happen. These the, the moves that they make. Are calculated, so if they're if you're screaming for a trade, yeah, listen, that, it's gonna that, happen it hurts when they're when, ready. Oh, they're calculated, Chara, and it sucks. I get it. Listen, that's the that, problem. That was a calculated move. I tried to get into the mindset to understand that calculated move. We all did. We it's a defensive a system. I was. It doesn't. It's a defensive system that doesn't re- require a ton of speed, a ton of skill. He should be able to fit in. It hasn't fucking worked. We know that. Okay. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It hasn't worked. It was calculated. It was miscalculated. It happens. Okay. They have, a, they have the business side of this doesn't give a shit about what Joe Schmo says on Twitter. So you can cry all you want. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Um, we've definitely ranted about this. I think this, uh, I think it's perfectly fine to do. Um, and maybe I'm just tired because we pretty much went on the same rant during the the in-game broadcast, but it's exhausting. I think uh, everyone feels this way right now. Yeah. It feels like a lost season already. We can't decide where this team is going to wind up going. Um, the season just seems kind of lost and haywire and out of control. Um, it doesn't help that kind of COVID is just making its way through the league, as we mentioned at the beginning of this, the second half of the show. And just something else here as we kind of wrap up is Canucks defenseman Tucker Pullman will not return to tonight's game. He was he was placed yeah. into NHL's COVID-19 protocol mid game. That's like, all right, maybe we got to stop this. Yeah. Right. Like I know it's going to screw up schedules and this and I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go to a game next week. Um, I bought, you know, I got tickets. It's really tough. Like, I don't know how we continue any of this safely because that's ultimately what it's about. Like, we keep talking about it's people and it's real, blah, blah, blah. You, you really need to consider that as uh, the league needs to consider that going forward. They really didn't give a shit about that, about the Islanders. But now this is beyond the New York Islanders. This if is only like there was the a scheduled three week off period where everybody could just rest and recover. There, I honestly, and I can't even remember if we talked about it earlier in this show, but like, I, I have zero faith in the fact that the, that, any NHL players are going to the Olympics at this point. I don't think so. Because I don't think, I think the players are starting to understand that it sucks. Barzal has to spend 10 days in a Detroit hotel room. Yeah, he can come home on Christmas. Good luck. He's likely there for more than 10 days. Look, look, look. That's really, really, uh, you're missing an entire huge thing here. Not only is it five weeks somewhere, it's not a Detroit hotel it's who fucking knows in China, right? Who knows when you're coming home? Who knows where the, what the tests are doing? Yep. You're not getting paid through that. It's a lot of stress. I really don't see, A, not upset if any eye on their players don't make the roster. That's perfectly fine with me. Do not need to deal with that extra stress on me, um, selfishly. But B, I don't think they want to deal with any of that. NHL players in general. So I think they might end up making this decision um, for the league, who isn't really excited about it, but for the first time ever are giving the players, you know, keeping their word to the players, which is interesting. Um, hell of a thing to do that on, but they probably knew they didn't need to. They said, sure, you want to go to the Olympics? Do your thing. And the players are going to turn around and go, mm, nope. And then the league gets what they want anyway. Perfect. Right. They, they win. Um, but like you said, now there's this break. Maybe they can kind of piece this together a little bit. Not only kind of make up some time to uh, to make up some postponements um, that are occurring now, but 
give them a break then in addition to making up some games because um, this is getting out of hand like yeah barzell aside right like this is becoming uh actually things that are that are pretty unsafe yep league-wide league-wide so uh and any any kind of closing thoughts here as we, as we wrap it up <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a few games ago but oh my god Oliver Wallstrom, uh, I believe two games ago, received low time on ice. And it was a statistic. And, and, and of course, me, you know, just doing my job, reporting what I see. I'm going to tell you that, yes, Oliver Wallstrom only skated nine minutes and 38 seconds tonight. We later found out that it was a miscalculation and it was two more minutes than that. Whatever. Trotz turned around and said, honestly, I thought that I played him more than that. He admitted it. And he even went on to say, if I didn't, that's on me. The amount of people that said to me, Barry Trotz has to have a personal issue with Oliver Walsh. You know what? You know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. The 50-year-old matured Hall of Fame coach has a personal issue with 21-year-old Oliver Wallstrom. He hates him. He goes home and tells his wife about how much he hates Oliver Wallstrom. You're probably right about that. Can we seriously stop with with the bullshit? When it, what is the bullshit going to stop? It's or not a that, personal vendetta against players. No, 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 no. According to Islanders Twitter, there is a personal vendetta. Barry Trotz hates Oliver Wallstrom on the cover of the New York Post. Didn't you hear? Yeah, I, I'm not. Some of this stuff goes a little too. Is this far, just going to be I'm for not... the rest of the season? Oh, oh, the Islanders lost. Barry Trotz hates Kiefer Bellows because they lost. They they lost. He hates Kiefer Bellows. Stop. Get some help. Thank you, Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing to kind of see where where Islander fans' heads uh, get taken when it's when when the team's not doing well. Um, you know, especially for long stretches like this. Uh, it's, it's been a really like you got to think this is like a long start to the season eventually it's not the start of the season anymore it just is the season yeah um it sounds like that would have been a really great transition for tis the season for manscaped and we could have just went right into it <laughs> um but yeah it's it's it, we are in the middle of the season now like we're get we're getting there and, yeah, and they and, need to they need to figure it out one way or another and it's there's no personal vendettas I don't think they're doing anything on purpose. Um, I, I I think there's just waning trust when the team isn't doing well. When it's like they lose a couple, it's or three, maybe even four games, and then they bounce back. It's fine, right? Like they they kind of refound their rhythm. But when you're like, all right, this isn't working, you're kind of going to continue to do the same thing. You're going to draw like just illogical conclusions. Yeah, I almost understand that because you're like. Well, what could possibly be the issue? Um, so it's, it's it is very confusing. I can understand why right. why fans are getting there, but like as you're typing it on Twitter, you know, you know, reread your stuff for like grammar or that it makes sense at all. <laughs> but you know, after that, reread it to be like, is that really what I think? Like, do I really think that he has that? I I'd be willing to think no. I'd be willing to think no. Right. Um, I, right after look, you add look, that comma in there and type out the entire word you, um, I know that's really hard. It's two extra keystrokes, real tough out there. <laughs> but like, you know, after all of that, really consider if what you're saying is makes any sort of actual sense. Because that's that, a tough that's a tough thing. You're just scrolling through um, people yelling into a void of hashtag aisles uh, in TweetDeck, and it's just a lot of nothing. Right. Not that I think I'm contributing anything major to it, but yeah. I usually just shut up about it because it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> there's nothing. Right. You again. What am I adding to the conversation? It's and it's really hard now. What I will say is, voice your frustration. Just make sure it makes some sort of sense, right? Or something. Preface it because it's it's really hard to like have these conversations with people. There's plenty of really great people out there. That we've had conversations with, but um, I don't know. It's just sports, I guess. We're like yelling and screaming Could about be. this, but it's whatever. Could we're, be just a sport. 
yeah but we're just, we're going in circles here i think uh i think i'm i think i'm wrapping it up yeah um, that, that that's fine the, the the one last thing i was gonna say is that you know understand that yes that this started as a as a fandom some of us have progressed past that a little bit um i now work for the fourth period so i like to be as objective as possible right i'm not out here homering the islanders i'm just like elliot friedman likes to say telling you what i hear not necessarily the truth i don't think i have to tell you who my boss is and i'm not saying he he feeds me information but we're a, a, a credible You're checking sources we're against source. each other we're you're, a credible source right you're you're finding things you're checking it against right what other people know um i'm in some of those text chains or, or I, i've seen it in sure. live time seeing what people are you know and then things don't get tweeted there's a lot more stuff that doesn't get tweeted because it, right. it, it's not verified at least as much as you can with the new york islanders um right so but, you know you want to be angry about the islanders you want to scream you want to shout that's fine i understand just if anything understand i'm not telling you guys anything just to give you something to scream about i'm not just saying something for the sake of saying something telling you what i hear not necessarily going to tell you the truth not that it's a lie for me just what i'm hearing and that's it all right so thank you to DraftKings and manscape make sure to use that thpm promo code with DraftKings and nhp20 with manscape thank you to the hockey podcast network i'll fix and of course all of you are listeners and all those who joined uh, our live broadcast tonight at the, the, the Detroit game, um, especially if you, if you did both. Really, really appreciate that. <laughs> um, that's that's awesome. That's a lot of uh, a lot of our voices to sit through. So we we're very thankful. Um, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to the show or watch the show. You can follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at. Nassim and Hockey. You can also join our Discord for a safe space to chat with fellow Islander fans. And you can find our work um, at Isles Fix. You can find James' work at The Fourth Period and my work at Hockey Writers. Um, and until next time, everybody, let's go on. Let's go on.